Amen. It has been a strong, powerful morning already. I want to let you know that the uh, bit I spoke earlier, that doesn't count as my preaching time. So I apologize. But you don't mind, right? As long as we get to encounter God, it doesn't matter. Um, I just want to point out as well, there is an empty front row there if anyone fancies it at all. You know, it's just sitting right there, just five empty seats. Oh, yes. Daughter's like, yeah, come on, you. No way. Yeah, you're coming. Hey, thanks, Sue, as well. What'd you say? Yeah, em- there's an empty third row, so fourth row. Let's just keep going. Even the tech guys have to. <laughs> They're like, no. <laughs> Mate, I'm excited. And uh, can I just say, I actually have really enjoyed this sermon series. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I don't know if it's just because we are getting to know each other better and getting in the rhythm of it better, but I've really enjoyed, and I really feel like God has spoken very specifically to us through this sermon series, which I want to address with you today and unpack with you today. But I've been very excited about it, about marching in, and I am very excited about the uh, prayer nights or prayer meetings we are having this week, because I believe Just by booking in a Wednesday night or a Thursday night, you might see the breakthrough that you are absolutely praying for right now. It doesn't have to come in a prayer meeting, but I just get excited at the possibility that maybe this Wednesday is when you receive the healing you have been praying for. Maybe this Wednesday is the Wednesday that God gives you the word for your family member. Maybe this Wednesday is the Wednesday where God gives you the promotion you've been praying for. I thought it was exciting. And so that just gets me excited. And then not only that, but the end of this week, I don't know, do you count Sunday as the start or the end of a week? Well, there's a real divide there. That could, in fact, I think you're all sitting on the right side. Are you end? End? Are you start? Well, that's weird. Oh, some of you end. Very, that's okay. We, we won't talk about that subject. I feel like that could divide us. Um, I see it as the end. I don't know why. I guess because I build up in my work time to Sunday. But next Sunday, we're also going to be baptizing people. And uh, we have four people signed up right now to be baptized. And we are also going to be doing it spontaneously on the day. So if you are thinking about it in your head, let me put it like this. If you are a believer, get baptized. Don't overthink it. Don't overworry it. It's just a simple command. We just got to get it done and do it. So come and do it. We're going to go meet in the Catholic Church. I'm very excited about it as well. It's going to be a great day. Hopefully the weather's going to be like this. <laughs> let's believe it together. All right. I am, let's, let's go into the message today because I feel like I have, if I can say this word, I have some fatherly advice. Now you might think, Liam, you're a bit young to say you're a father. Um, but I do feel like God has call, called me to that for this house. And I'm trying to learn to own the identities that God gives you. So that's sometimes the harder bit. How many of you feel comfortable calling yourself a saint yet? But it's important because who gave us the title? Who gave us the title? I'm not going to reject what Jesus calls me. So if Jesus says, Liam, I want you to be the father of this house, then I'll be the father. Even if I am 21 or 30 or if I'm not a dad or not, God has called me to be the father of this house. So I want to give some fatherly advice, what I've learned through this sermon series to help us in our prayer. Because it is very exciting. Yes, It is exciting when you see Sarah's grandma give her life to Jesus. That blows my mind. In fact, I'm I'm thinking, do we need to start like a ministry that just catches people? 
before they pass away. I mean, just, just why not? You know, let's just get them just before, just to make sure, because this life is so minuscule compared to eternity. And so it's very exciting. It's very exciting because we have heard some healing testimonies. People have been getting healed. And last week, we, uh, was it last week or the week before, we prayed for healing, and we saw four people get healed right there. And then that's only our first sort of go at it. It gets me excited. Ruth, yeah, you excited? Fantastic. It gets me excited because I just don't know what God is going to do. If I pray and you pray and we just agree with God, who knows what will happen to stains? I get so excited about it and I'm getting really excited for our prayer meetings. But along with this excitement, I have felt some advice come to me from the Lord. And it's advice I'd like to share with you this morning. And you see, what we have been really learning um, in this sermon series is to persistently pray for his kingdom to come. Would you agree with that? That is what I have heard during this sermon series. Pray for the kingdom of God first and foremost. Seek first his kingdom. Pray your kingdom come. That's what he's been saying to us. It's my kingdom first before it's about your life and your kingdom. And then he said, persistently pray for it until you see a breakthrough. And I'm believing for a breakthrough for your life and for the stains and for UK and for Europe. Are you agree with me so far? So that's what I believe God has said to us. But in my prayer time, in my seeking what the Lord is saying to us, because I really feel like God has spoken through the sermon series, not just our opinions. And what I feel like God wants to say to us is be ready for what you pray for. I was almost going to title the sermon, Be Careful What You Pray For, but the truth, it's not about being careful. Because praying for something in the will of God is exactly the most care, careful place you can be. Praying for the will of God in your life is the best place that you can be. So it's not about being careful, because being careful suggests that there's risks and hazards involved. When you place your life in Christ, risks and hazards, just he helps you with them. It is the safest place for you to put it. So I was going to call it, be careful what you pray for, but I'm going to rename it, be ready for what you pray for. Because we are persistently praying. But let me tell you, what we persistently pray for may become the nuisance to us in a few months' time. And you might, how? How on earth does that happen? I can tell you how that happens. How many of you have ever prayed for patience before in your life? If you have prayed for patience, I am sure you 100% know what I'm talking about right now. Because God doesn't just zap you and give you patience, which we all thought that's how it worked, right? Or is it just me? Suddenly, he goes, you want to be patient? I'm like, yes, I desperately want to be. And this is a conversation me and God had last summer. And I said, God, he spoke to me about being more patient. I was like, cool, let's go for it. And I didn't realize that means he puts me in situations where I have to be more patient. I'm like, why did I pray this in the first place? Still don't believe me? Well, let's be ready for what we pray for. Because it's the church that prays for a lot of young people that then complains that it's too loud. It's the church that prays for young people that says, why are things breaking? Trust me, I was a youth pastor for 10 years. We broke some stuff. I even heard of a youth ministry once that knocked down a wall by accident. And I thought, I haven't done any of that, so that's not so bad. But we have broken the lectern that the preacher was supposed to be preaching on the next day. We've done all, breaking anything the pastor uses during his preach, we've already broken it. But is that, you understand what I'm saying? It's the church 
that prays for new people to come, that gets upset when there's, your seat is taken and your car park spot is not there and now you're being asked to serve on team. But we've been praying for it. It's the church that prays for the move of God then gets a bit weirded out when weird stuff starts to happen. You've got to be careful and you've got to be ready. Not careful. Correct myself. You've got to be ready for what you pray for. We pray for more faith, but we do not want to go to the lion's den. You understand what I'm saying? I had some more of them. I'm going to go with them because I've just forgotten them off the top of my head. But I feel like they were really important. It's the church that prays for impact in its town, but then gets annoyed when we have to give some money. Yeah? Because if you want to change the town, guys, it takes some finances. It's the church that prays for revival and then gets upset when a new church moves in next door. It's funny, though. That is what we'll pray. We'll pray, God, move. God, let your kingdom fall. And then suddenly Hillsong turn up and we're like, oh, hang on. Everyone's going to go to that church. It doesn't matter. Trust me, I had to get to a place in my life where I want to see the glory of God more than I want to see it come through me. I have to be okay. God, as long as your glory comes, as long as you get the fame, as long as you get the credit, I don't mind who it comes through. If it's me, amen, I'll be privileged, but I'll just do whatever you ask me to do. I was watching, Emily and I watched a program. Uh, um, it was an event happening in America. It was live streaming. We watched seven and a half hours of it yesterday. That was our Saturday. <laughs> High five. Yeah. And uh, there was a song in it that said, God, um, I will live my life for you. I'll die and be forgotten as long as you get the glory. I was like, I don't know if I can sing that yet. You know, I was like, wow. But it's the church that prays for this that then gets upset when another church comes around. It's the church that prays for more people to get saved, but then gets really scared and uncomfortable when you have to tell someone about Jesus. And Sarah's story explained that point perfectly. You can pray for your family, but then God often gives you a moment where you then have to step out and talk to them about it. And it's the church that prays to be the light of the world and then gets upset when God places you in dark, uncomfortable places. Be ready for what you pray for. You want to make a difference in this world? Do not be surprised when God puts you in a place that needs someone to make a difference. You might think, why am I in this church? Maybe you're meant to bring a difference for us. Maybe why are you in your job? Because you're supposed to be the light of the world. But I don't like my job. I know. But you're supposed to be the light of the world. Trust me, when Emily and I felt like we were going to go church planting, we didn't expect to end up in a place that has a really weird name like Stains upon Thames. And Emily and I, have you been to Bracknell recently? They are redoing Bracknell. It's exciting. The Lexicon is an amazing shopping center. We love it. And then we're like, brilliant, now we have to move. They're building a new railway station. It's, it's going to be incredible. And the ch- we got a massive church. They were like, this is amazing. Life is great. But yet God has called us to do something else. And we are, have to come here. And we're supposed to bring the favor and the love of God to this place. So, of course, God moves his people on because he wants to use you to bless where you are. Emily and I had to move because we were getting too comfortable. 
We were comfortable. Everyone was in the light. We're like, great, we're doing a great job. Now God's like, I need you to go to a darker place. Be ready for what you pray for. Let's open up the Bible together. I want to unpack for one last time this, for this sermon series. I want to look at Luke 11. And I'm going to probably read 1 to 13. I'm going to probably read the whole thing to you because I feel like you want to hear 13 verses of the Bible this morning. Am I right? Great. Do you just want to look at the person next to you? Just say, oh, I really like your smile. Have a bit of a breath. Take a break. Brian, have you had a chance to shake people's hands this morning? You have. Good. I just want to make sure you get that, mate. I want to make sure. I love it. You shake everyone's hand. It's brilliant. Uh, Luke 11 verse 1 says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. And then Jesus continued and said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer him within... And he will answer him from within, Do not bother me, the door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give you anything because he is your friend, yet because of your impudence, rudeness, or shameless audacity, he will rise and give you what he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Now here's the passage I really want to preach on today, but I hope that has encouraged you so far. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Weird analogies. If you then, who are evil, wow, all right, Jesus, calm down, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will their heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him? Can you just give an amen or a round of applause for the Bible? I just get excited. And partly I wanted to have a drink, so that helped. But how exciting is it for the Bible to say, ask and you shall receive? That is incredibly exciting. Ask, you shall receive. Seek and you will find. And hey, if you just keep knocking on that door, it will be open to you. That is some encouraging. And that's not just the Bible. That is Jesus Christ himself saying it, which is even more, it makes it a little bit more exciting for me. But you know what I'm saying? This is exciting to see. And then Jesus unpacks quite what I would appear as a weird analogy. It kind of makes sense, but why are we talking about eggs, fish, serpent, or scorpions? And why do you add that into your teaching about prayer? If it's in there, it's important. If I don't understand it, it's because I don't understand it. It's not because Jesus got it wrong. I must learn to know more about the Bible and not make the Bible attached to what I already know. Look at someone next to you and say, that was for you. <laughs> we must not make the Bible attached to our pre-understood knowledge. We must continue growing our knowledge to make it more like the Bible. 
Just get it the right way round so that we know our place. That's why. But I want to give you two explanations from this analogy that I think are going to help us in our persistent prayer, really thinking about the idea of be ready for what you pray for. Because I believe these analogies that Jesus puts in, this right at the end, he's saying to people, hey, just be aware of what you ask for. Because it may cost you more than you think. It may take more from you than you think. You may change more than you had planned to change. He says, be ready. And so the first thing I wanted to let you know is that what God blesses you with, you will have to bless others with. You see, what's interesting about this passage is eggs, scorpions, fish, and serpents, they are quite common at that time. First century Israel, it would have been a common hazard to have scorpions in your house. Praise the Lord, you don't live in Israel. And snakes were also common to try and avoid. And the food that they would often live by, their their nourishment was lots of eggs and lots of fish because it was easier to farm and access, especially when you live by the sea like that. They are common issues. And what it is saying is Jesus pointing this out, putting this in there, because let me tell you this. If you need to go to Jesus and ask for a need, that means you need to be in a place of need. These are common things that Jesus, that everyone needed in that time. And Jesus was saying, if I'm going to put you in a place where you ask me for the common things and to avoid the common hazards, it's because you are actually in a place of need. I want to let you know, church, that you are going to be blessed to be a blessing. I want you to know this. You are going to be blessed to be a blessing. How do I know this even more from the scripture? Well, the story before, the guy knocks on the door and asks for what? Bread. Why does he ask for bread? Because somebody else needs it. Be careful what you knock on the door for because you're going to have to give it away. If we pray for revival, that means we're going to have to give a lot of our stuff. We're going to have to give of our finances, of our time. If this meeting exploded and we suddenly needed to do three services on a Sunday because this hall couldn't contain it, that means you and I are going to have to be willing to sign up to be here all day on a Sunday to make sure people hear the gospel. Be ready for what you pray for. And you might think, okay, surely that's not every circumstance. You'd be surprised. If God, you're praying for healing in your life, amen, I pray you receive it right now as I'm speaking. But be prepared because once you are healed, I can promise you God will start having, sending you people that have the same issue that you did. Isn't that right, Ruth? Ruth has now prayed for two different people. There's a story. No, we won't get there. I've got time. I'm already using too much of my preaching time. What you get healed in, though, you will start bumping into people who need the same issue healed. And you're going to have to start giving it out. You're going to have to stop your day. You're going to have to sit down and go, even though I'm late for a meeting, this person is here because God wanted me to give away what I have received. You are blessed to be a blessing. Are you with me yet? Do you, do you, understand? Do you get that? I don't know. Okay, let me try. Uh, Sam mentioned a Bible verse last week, Acts 17, 26. Let me, let me give it to you like this. Acts 17.26 says, God created from man every single nation and he set the times and the boundaries in which they would live so that they might reach out and find God. Translation, God has given you life in your specific time in history because it's where you are going to be best to reach out to God and help show God to other people. 
So if you felt a little bit lost in your family, if you felt a little bit lost in your workplace, in your school, in your university, let me tell you, you are there for a reason. And the reason is because God wants to bless you in order to bless them. Be prepared. God is going to place you in some places. I have a friend called James. He now leads Hillsong Birmingham. And um, when he was at work, when he was a young 19, 20-year-old lad, he worked at the Republic Clothes Store. Do you remember that in the Oracle, anybody? And he worked for Republic. And when he was there, he didn't like doing it, but he had to do it so that he could be a youth pastor part-time and his church couldn't fund him. So he just said, I've got to do it. I've got to do it. And he just went there and he did not like it. He hated working there, but he decided, I'm blessed to be a blessing. I'm here for a purpose. I'm here for a reason. So you know what? I'm going to do something about it. And he started evangelizing to all the people in his workplace and actually led every single one of his work colleagues to Christ. And not only that, but went up to the boss and said, by the way, I'm going to pray for prosperity to fall on this, this particular branch so that we would outperform all the other branches. They became the best-selling branch. And do you know when it happened when he left? This is what's hilarious. When he left, they went bankrupt. I'm not saying this, you know, I'm not saying, don't quote me on that. But let me tell you this, where you go, goodness and love follow. Where you go, goodness and love follow. So do not be surprised when your next door neighbor is a nightmare. Because you prayed for more opportunities to share Jesus. And God's put darkness beside you so that you can infiltrate it with light. Do not be surprised when you end up in a workplace after praying for a job that actually you didn't think it was going to be quite like that. You are supposed to be the remedy to their poison. Believe me, it's gossip, it's toxic, it's horrible. Yes, I know, that's why you are there. Liam, I got called to be a teacher. I've been praying for it for years. Yes, and no wonder you've ended up at a school that really needs Jesus. Be ready what you pray for. Because what you pray for, you're going to have to give away. You're going to have to be put into a place of need so that God can work through you for the benefit of other people. You are placed where you are placed for an absolute reason. Do you believe me? Are you hearing me on this? Are you just letting the preach wash you by? Are you just saying, Liam, get to the end? Or are you really trying to take in what I'm saying? You are placed where you're placed for a reason. Your kids are your kids for a reason because you're supposed to shine the light of Christ to them. They are around you for a reason. Yes, your family might be a bit of a nightmare. Exactly. That's why you are there. Not so that you can fix it, but so that God can fix it through you. You are blessed by God in order to bless others. Believe me, you don't know my family. I know. I don't need to. I know you. I know Jesus. And he's going to bless you to bless them. Am I making my point enough with this? Have you received that? Be ready for what you pray for. So if we're going to pray for revival, if we're going to pray for his kingdom to come, if we're going to pray for loads of people to get healed, if we're going to pray for financial breakthrough, do not be, be prepared for what God might do through us. second thing I want to let you know about being ready for what you pray for. When you pray for something, don't be surprised if it scares you when it arrives. Really? Yes. You'd be amazed how many people I've prayed for for healing, but actually they really struggle with it 
because part of their identity is in what their sickness is. Can I be real? Not everyone, of course. Not everyone. Absolutely not everyone. And I don't want anyone to judge anyone. But I have sat with people and talked it through with them. And it scares them, the idea that they no longer have this to cling on to. Not only that, but let me tell you, when you pray for more of God in your life, it might scare you the type of person you become. You might look at Sam Phillips right now and get a bit weirded out when he screams and shouts. And, but you'd be amazing. You keep praying for more of Jesus, you'll be on the front row with him one day. It weirds us out. It freaks us out. How do I know this? How do I know this is true? Not just Liam's opinion. How do I know this is true? Let's go to the Bible passage. Those of you that ask for an egg, why would you give them a scorpion? For those of you who ask for a fish, why would you give them a snake? Well, see, what's really interesting, I did some study. And in first century Israel, there was a type of scorpion that was very unique to the land. And this scorpion was called, are you ready for this? Comsobutus carmelitis. And it is a white scorpion. And it's about the same size and weight as an egg. And not only that, but a fish and a serpent look and can feel the same. At a first glance, they might appear bad. And I find it really interesting that God, Jesus then ends the passage by saying, how much more will he give the Holy Spirit to those he asks, who asks him? Surely if we ask the Holy Spirit, surely we know it's going to be good. Why would we need the analogy of a scorpion and a serpent? He's trying to say to us, guys, be ready for what you pray for, because at first glance, it may appear dangerous. You pray for more of God, but how many of us get freaked out when tongues is spoken? How many of us pray for more of God, yet get scared when we have to evangelize to our work colleagues? Be ready, because at first glance, it may just take your breath a second. Be prepared. Be ready, because if you start having your prayers answered and you become a little bit more like Jesus and the kingdom of God starts flowing through you, be prepared that people around you will start looking at what you're doing. And even though you are looking like an egg, they will think you're a scorpion. How many of you know that for truth? You start trying to speak to people about Jesus and suddenly you're the weird one. Let me tell you, you are not weird for worshiping Jesus. You are not weird for giving your money to church. You are not weird for praying every day. You are not weird. In fact, you are the normal one. I know that because in the Garden of Eden, when God made everything as it should be, normal, the good as it should be, we were in communion with God. So if I'm outside of communion, I'm abnormal. You are the normal one, but let me tell you how many of you know, if you start doing things for the kingdom, people will twist your motives. I know this for certain, because when I was a youth pastor, a message went round to all the youth workers in the area to tell them that I'm a drug dealer. True story. I had people spread rumors about me, send letters around about me, start a Facebook group against us. And the reasons they started this because they thought I was homophobic and I was radicalizing young people. They twisted my motives. In fact, Jesus warns his disciples, read, the, read Matthew 10. And in fact, in the message, it actually uses the word twisted. It says the world will twist your motives. You try and do something good and people think you are being bad. What appears to be good will appear evil to them. Be prepared for what you pray for because it may result in some of your reputation being decreased. Still don't, do you believe me? We've got to be ready for what we pray for. How many of you are ready for what might come if we pray for the kingdom of God to come? 
Let me give an example. Paul in the Bible. Paul brought the kingdom of God. Would you agree? If you know the story of Paul. He once went to a town called Ephesus and he brought the kingdom of God. But you know what the result was? A riot. Now, a riot might appear to you and I as a scorpion. What? That sounds wrong. If I went and preached in Staines and you found out next week I started a riot, would you think you're a good preacher or a bad preacher? In fact, one time at Life on our youth event, we did preach and there were so many young people that nearly a fight broke out and we had to kick them out and the police arrived and then suddenly they all ran down to town throwing and smashing bins and, and I almost got stopped by the police. They said, they almost said, they said, gave me one last chance. And they said, if we see something like this again, we're going to close your event down. It may have looked like a scorpion, but was it good and was it of the kingdom? Absolutely, I was preaching the gospel to the darkness, to people that need it. But it looked like a scorpion when it first arrived. The riot in Ephesus as Paul was being lowered in a basket off the castle or the keep wall, whatever it looked like, as he's been lowered down. Do you think he was in that basket going, that was a good day or a bad day? He said, I'm building the kingdom. It may look a bit odd. It may look a bit funny at first glance, but you will see that it will come through and it will be exactly what God intended it to be. Church, we have to be ready if we're going to have to ruffle, ruffle some feathers. I'm not going to do it on purpose. Why would we do that? would be stupid. But if we go out and try and step and try and baptize people, how hard has that been to baptize people on council ground? is a nightmare. They won't let us. But maybe one day we'll have to do it somewhere. And it may will upset people, but it's okay as long as we are bringing the kingdom. You might be the weird one in your workplace, but it's okay if you're going to bring the kingdom. But Liam, they'd kick me out of my job. Looks like a scorpion. But maybe that's the egg. Liam, they'd kick me out if I preached the gospel at my job. Okay, do it wisely as best as you can, but you still have to preach the gospel Trust me, standing before Jesus and saying, Jesus, I'm sorry, my boss wouldn't allow it, is not going to count. Because he's going to simply say, who's your boss? And you're going to go red-faced at that point. You might say, yeah, Liam, it's easy for you. Your job is to preach. Yeah, fair enough. I agree with that. But I have done it before. I have stood in schools and preached the gospel and been asked to leave. And plus, trust me, I've gone up to many an individual on the street and tried to evangelize, and they've really made it clear they do not want to speak to me. But do I have to go again? It looks like a scorpion. Feels like a snake. But maybe it's exactly what God wants me to do. Because if you read the Bible, the Bible is full of people who get what they pray for. Are you still with me? Are you? Check out Moses for an example. He prayed that the Pharaoh would let the people go and then spent the next 40 years moaning about them. He got what he wanted. You want loads of people in this church, be prepared for some problems. Be prepared for you having to open up your spare room, which you love because it looks just like Pinterest. And you've got it just as you want it. Just as you want it. And then suddenly the church explodes. And now we're going to start an internship program and your bedroom is now occupied. And it's not just occupied, it's occupied by some teenagers who really mess it up. Be prepared. Be prepared that your Sundays are now not going to belong to you because you're going to have to have lunch with some other couple to make sure they're doing okay. And then you have to spend your evenings around somebody else's house because there's a prayer meeting happening because we need to pray because there's a serious issue going on and we need breakthrough. Get prepared that when we start seeing this, you're going to have to make Sunday a priority. Sunday's going to have to be a priority. 
It's going to be, I'm, I'm here unless, unless something else has to draw me away. Why? Because I need to be there because so many new people are coming to Christ. Somebody needs to speak to them about it. Be ready for what you pray for. Because if you're praying, God, let the you know, enemy, let the people go. Let the people go. Don't be surprised when you suddenly have a bunch of people and they'll be the thing that you're talking about. Remember now, remember now, church, that we are, while we are here, we have dedicated to praying for the things of God to come. And we are ready for what comes through that door. Let me use my last example. Maybe I'll end there. I don't know. We'll see. I don't want to promise. Jesus. He had a moment when he sat in the garden. And he knew, he had, he had the wisdom beyond us to know that what he prays for, he's going to receive. So he said, God, please, if there is another way, let it be. But not my will, but your will be done. Because Jesus knew that aligning himself to the will of God was going to cost him his life. If you knew that that was the same for your life, would you still align yourself with Jesus? Are you ready? what you pray for. Church, I want us to be ready. And it means that all of us really, like Jesus in some ways, we have to die to ourselves. Because I promise you, you align yourself to Jesus and death is one of the results. But it's death to your flesh, not to your spirit. So if you're thinking, oh, I can get away with it, I don't have to physically. Yeah, you might get away with not having to physically be killed for your faith. But you will have to die to your flesh. You will have to die to your will. You have to die to your opinions and your ways. And until we do that, the kingdom of God will not be able to flow through us. So if you want the kingdom of God to come, be ready to die to yourself. And then people might start flooding in and we'll be ready. We'll give up any pounds. We'll give up any rooms. We'll give away our cars. We'll give away our time. We'll give away whatever is needed. If someone needs a listening ear, I will be there. Even if I am tired after a long day of work trying to be the light at my workplace. But you and I know, you and I know something. That we are getting a better prize when we go to heaven. That this earth is just the work. I want to do that work from a place of rest. Please don't get me wrong. But we got heaven to look forward to. So while I'm here right now, I'm going to pray for the kingdom to come. And I'm going to be ready for it when it comes. Because if there's one thing I know about God, he answers prayer. And that's sometimes the problem. All of it in Luke 11 leads up to one last line. Where Jesus says, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask? You see, there is a secret in all of this. And it is the power of the Holy Spirit. Every single one of us in this room need the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. We need to be baptized in water, but we need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's absolutely essential to do the work of God. And we're going to pray for that today. And we're going to pray for that on Wednesday. And we're going to pray for that on a very regular basis. Because I don't want anyone having to try and do the work of Jesus without Jesus powering them to do it. Because tell you, I've tried that before and it hurts. It will break some muscles. It will hurt you as you try and carry the weight that Jesus is meant to carry. So let him power you and he can do it through you. That's why I want to do it. So take a moment. Take a breath.